Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Ben Dole. We're going to be talking all-star picks, starters, reserves, snubs, and then do a, do a draft of our own with Lindsay D'Arcangelo of The Athletic. If you missed our latest episode, you can uh, check out our kind of our midpoint, mid-season check-in with Molly Yanity, also of The Athletic, just kind of talking all things Connecticut Sun. For them, as they obviously had that 9-1 start, the five-game losing streak, and two All-Stars in the All-Star game, and kind of the big, a big question of the season is whether they're going to be a real contender or not, which is obviously going to be fun to, to, fun to watch that play out later on in the season. But for now, let's get to that All-Star game conversation with Lindsay. On the line to discuss all things WNBA All-Star, the starters, the reserves, even maybe some snubs. I've got Lindsay D'Arcangelo of The Athletic. Lindsay, what do you what do you make of this now that you have a full roster and the news just came out this morning that they will televise a draft even? Yeah, um, first comment on that. How exciting is that? I mean, they should have been doing this, you know, years, they should have started doing this years ago, I think, to just drum up some publicity, some, you know, it's it just makes sense, right? So for them to finally do it is awesome. I love that they're doing it before a game. So people maybe tuning in for the first time will stick around perhaps to watch, uh, I believe it's, who is, it's Seattle and Las Vegas, correct? Yes. That's playing? Yep. Um, so yeah, so that's that's another great ad. Uh, Lobo is going to be there. They're bringing in uh, Cynthia Coop, Cooper. Uh, old school, awesome, uh, one of the greatest WNBA players, if not the greatest of all time. On and uh, they're also doing an interview, I believe, with the new commissioner, um, Kathy Engelbert. So, yeah, kudos to the WNBA for doing for doing this. And the I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into just kind of what, especially what you made of the reserve picks, but I felt it'd be good to start more of a positive place and maybe uh, maybe throw out these first-timers that made it and, and just kind of talk about the seasons that they've had a little bit. So among that that group of five is Kia Nurse, Natasha Howard, Diamond Shields, Odyssey Sims, and Erica Wheeler. So to start, to start, I don't know if you had, did you have one that's really stood out to you and that you've really enjoyed this season? Yeah, I think Odyssey Sims for me, uh, and you know we'll we'll talk about this later on because I do believe she she should have been a starter. But um, seeing her get her first All Star selection after being she sort of flamed out a little bit in her past two seasons with the uh, Los Angeles Sparks, and to see her come in and take on that that point guard role that that space that was left by Lindsey Whalen after she left Minnesota. And to have the kind of year she's having, um, it's just, it's really great to see. I mean, she's averaging uh, 15 points per game, uh, career high, five assists. Um, and she uh, she's the only player in the league ranking in the top 10 in both scoring and assists, which, I mean, it, it's all right there. It's uh, it's just great to see her, her game evolved after just, like I said, kind of having some tough, time, tough, couple, tough couple years in L.A. Yeah, Odyssey. I I'm glad in a sense, like it's the the way the off season broke for Minnesota is is so interesting. And as they move beyond this year, and hopefully you know, are quickly in a better position to contend, I think we're gonna look back on this off season kind of wondering how the heck they collected 
the group of players that they did in such a short amount of time. And Odyssey was one where I'm willing to chalk most of it up. Maybe there was some interpersonal stuff that just made it kind of accentuated it. But I'm willing to chalk most of it up to just like LA had enough people that need the ball, and and mm-hmm. and she she's found this situation in Minnesota where they can hand it over to her, and it's it's working out pretty well. And I mean, so like I was you know I was a big Minnesota hater coming into the season. I wasn't sure they were going to be in a very good position to make the playoffs but you know i've been wrong and it looks like they're going to do that now yeah it, it, it seems like it's the perfect fit for her and and i agree there's uh her time in la i think there was just there were people in front of her who just were, were playing better and and she didn't get i mean her minutes are way up uh with minnesota obviously than they were um when she was in la and and, and yeah it just kudos to um Cheryl Reeve. I mean, she made some great off-season moves, and they're paying off. Let's go. I want to go next to uh, Diamond of Shields, a player who it's been very easy to kind of point to how special she is, especially athletically. And she's already had a couple of those flashbulb scoring moments where she just starts stringing together jump shots, and you're like, it, it's over. There's nothing you can do to stop this, and 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 adding on top of that, I think the the fun part about Diamond from a fan's perspective is like she's not afraid to like say like yeah I'm really good and I expect myself to be really good, and yeah. it's that yeah. has that has cultivated now in her first All Star nod. Yeah, well she was like she was that way back in college, and um, she's got a lot of confidence, and it's it's great to see her in her you know second year to you know just becoming one of those all-around players that is a go-to player, is fun to watch, um, backs up her words with her on-court play, and, uh, you know, she pairs well with um, with Quigley and Vandersloot in that offense, and um, I love watching. She's just fun to watch. And the with, with Chicago, I, I think it'll be interesting to get into this a little bit more in detail later, but it was kind of interesting to see seeing three of them make it maybe like maybe i'm focusing on this more than other people were but it was interesting like if you're not just like head and shoulders at the top of the standings it is kind of interesting to see three players get a nod because i think that's something that everyone kind of has to is going to weigh very differently and I, I felt like it was really tough just to differentiate like try to like ranking the individual cases of each of those three sky guards mm-hmm. yeah and i agree with you i mean there if you, you have these three talented <clears throat> Uh, offensive players, uh, and it, you you wonder why they they aren't winning more games. Um, a lot of their wins are coming against other teams with with poor records. So I'm not really sure what the disconnect is there. I I agree with Vandersloot. Um, I don't think uh, I'm not I'm not so high on, on Quigley. You know, if if we were to go back through this, I would say that Shields definitely and 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 Vandersloot. I mean, she's leading the league in assists. She's having a great year, but. Um, can't really see how Quigley fits fits in there. Yeah, and the the the, the thing last thing with me for Diamond for for this part of it was I just the interesting thing and I it, it's it's hard to really you know I think like it's hard to really use this as like a top line of her candidacy but like I just watching Chicago this year when Diamond makes jump shots like they're gonna win and like I think I think that's just I to me like that point kind of like going in with like all three of those players i think that just kind of illustrates her importance and how i mean 
you know, they they want to win right now in the big picture, and I think that's kind of like one of the biggest things for them is they have to find ways to get her scoring the ball. I think that's like the one thing that kind of like pushes pushes the buttons of the opponents like in in the toughest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So the other the third uh, reserve that's a first timer is Erica Wheeler of the Indiana Fever. It's obviously good to see. I was just happy to see the way that the season started for the Fever. I think just the human element of them not having to just have another start where they were like, you know, 1 and 11 or something like that, just to see them get some wins. And I think I think now it, it I think the season's in a little, a little bit of danger of trending that way for them. But the way they started, they started with Wheeler at the point, playing next to Kelsey Mitchell. And Wheeler's had, Wheeler's had some nice moments continuing to play with more and more confidence. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting selection. Uh, I see, I can see, I can see, you know, why she was chosen. Um, what I think is really cool is that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know this before, but she's the first undrafted player uh, named to the All Star game since Erica D'Souza in, in 2014, um, which is a pretty cool stat. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think Wheeler, you know, she's she's a bright spot in that in that Fever offense and. Um, and it's it's good to see her sort of uh, get rewarded for that. Yeah, with with Wheeler, I think it it was it's a little, you know, I, the the thing I the thing I had the hardest trouble removing. So I, I'm trying I'm going to try not to even hammer it very much right now. But just like my view of the Fever, I've kind of wanted to see Kelsey Mitchell get more of a chance to lead the offense. But like at the same time, it's so that has kind of made it hard probably to fully appreciate what Wheeler's doing, but I think I think the undrafted angle is really interesting too because as a team that's trying to kind of climb their way out of the bottom, it's the fact that, you know, you have this undrafted player who's like adding a lot of value. That's obviously like one way, one big thing that's kind of pushing them closer to competitiveness right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot, a lot of questions about the Fever's offense and, and, the, and the, the thing. The, the way it functions and um, the lack of uh, Tierra McCowan being used, her her minutes just haven't really increased um, to the level I thought they would at this point in the season. But that is a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the uh, the two first timers that got starting nods, first being uh, another second year player, key nurse of the New York Liberty, and I wrote about this the other week, and I think. You know, it, it's it it just I, like I this this to me it like supersedes any stat you could throw out there. Although Kios have been very good compared to Tina Charles, who's relatively having a bit of a down year for her. But but like the Liberty like won some games. They had a bunch of players gone, and like they have a chance still of being competitive, and that really matters. And Kia has been like the you know with Tina like the one of the two biggest driving forces behind that. Yeah, I agree with that. At first, when I saw her name, I was like, wait, what? And then, because she's kind of this, she's kind of having an under-the-radar kind of year. I mean, she's doing a lot for New York um, offensively, and when you look up her stats, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I, Tina Charles and her are like this, you know, tandem right now. They're, they're making New York run, but um, I, it's, it's almost like it's kind of been flying under the radar, so... Once I looked up her stats and everything, I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense, and um, I'm glad to see her name in there. And, and with Nurse, the I I didn't I don't think I wrote this at all. This felt this felt like something all along that was better for a podcast. But 
Like she's, I mean, she's had some games. Like I mean, they got totally clubbed by the, the Aces two times now, and I think there was an Atlanta game where she struggled. So there's been, you know, there's been like a three for thirteen, a two for twelve. But the thing with Nurse, it's just she just, I mean, she just totally seems already like completely programmed. Like I, you know, Katie Smith has me taking these shots. I'm gonna take these shots every single time. I don't care if they don't go in. I'm gonna make the next one, and and that. That's kind of hard. I mean, that's really hard to measure, but I think just seeing already from what we've seen, I mean, the season they had to go through last year in New York, I think the fact that she's doing that already, I think that speaks so well because I think New York, you're still kind of wondering, you know, maybe some people are already there with Kia, but I think the big thing you're kind of wondering is like, all right, who's going to be the second star if we really are going to be a contender again in Tina Charles' prime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that because I expected... Asia Dirt to kind of um, maybe evolve more than she has. Um, I mean, she's she's obviously her minutes have increased as well, and, and she's uh, they're getting her the ball more. But Nurse has really stepped up her game this year. Yeah, and getting to the final All Star starter, Natasha Howard. Um, the S- Seattle coming into the season, it was it was one of the easiest things to point to. Like, all right. Stewie's out, Sue Bird's out, you know, I think, you know, some people are already making, like, tanking jokes, you know, Sabrina Ionescu try to get in the lottery for her, but Seattle's been competitive, and Natasha Howard is scoring more than ever, and hanging over all of this as Kathy Engelbert steps into office, and Raquana Williams' 10-game suspension was just handed down, is, okay, now what's the league gonna do with Natasha, with what came out on Twitter, but... And at the same time, it's it's going to be, you know, she's going to be a first-time All-Star in Las Vegas. And it's just, you know, hopefully, uh, just hopefully there's some transparency there. But on, yeah. on, the, on the court, Natasha has certainly produced. Yeah, there's a lot of off-the-court uh, storylines, uh, concerns circulating around her name right now. Focusing, like you said, on her on-the-court her on play. I mean, Wow. We all knew that she was a hustle player. I mean, she in the in the finals last year, she 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 just you know was all over the place. She she without Brianna Stewart on the floor, I think it gave her the opportunity to do more and for us to really see her all around game. And uh, yeah, I mean the offense it goes through her, and she has turned Seattle into a viable contender. I mean, obviously Jordan Canada's play has. Um, gotten better this year it's since the start of this season she's she's grown her turnovers are down her assists are up her points are up so yeah I mean those two I feel like they're really they're really the the cog in in um Seattle's offensive wheel so um you know I for as far as the off-court stuff I really hope that what gets that it gets figured out um that you know it's it's not as bad as it seems um and if it is you know then i'm all for you know the WNBA to handle it as quickly and you know as respectively as possible suspension you know all that and that's going to definitely affect uh seattle going forward but right now where things are at and with all the questions i think just focusing on her and her encore play and her first all-star all-star appearance is was where we should keep it yeah and and the the thing with seattle is it's also hard not to 
already try to look ahead to next year because if they get that whole team on the court, Sue Bird included, coming back from from the knee surgery and and Jewel Lloyd, who has got a starting nod, but she's been out with that with that ankle. I think the the scary thing is, in a lot of ways, I think in the, when they won the title, Natasha was kind of kind of like a gravy player offensively. You know, when they got stuff from her, it was a bonus, and and having kind of demonstrated this for a whole season to put it out there and put it put it you know put it on tape for all their opponents and for them just to kind of get to explore, you know, what she can do. I think that makes them even scarier because you have Sue Bird leading the show, Jewel Lloyd who can get her own, and then Stewie at the center of it all. And and they already kind of had on a on a on a smaller level they had five scoring threats and then you know if they get this group back together at full strength they'd really be throwing gasoline on that yeah that's like an all-star team in and of itself i mean that's that's dynasty building right there uh so it's a scary concept yeah so let's uh let's let's go so now let's uh look at the the group of starters at large and i guess first just like uh elena deladon asia wilson will be the captains uh, maybe starting with the guards, we had Nurse, Chelsea Gray, Kayla McBride, and uh, uh, Chelsea Gray. I said Chelsea Gray. Who am I missing? And Jewel. Jewel Lloyd. Um, with those four names, were were you su- were you surprised at all? Was there someone? Was there one of the guards you would have liked to see get a starting nod instead? And I talked about Odyssey a little bit, so maybe it's time to get into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kia Nurse, did you mention her? She was the other, the other guard, I think. Yeah, um, I yeah. can't remember if you mentioned her. Um, yeah, so Jewel Lloyd obviously would be. I would swap Odyssey in for Jewel. I, you know, Jewel has, like you mentioned, a few minutes ago, has come on these past few weeks. But you know, she started off slow, you know, and then of course she just got injured. She, um, so I, I don't think she's back yet. I don't think we've heard when she's coming back, so that's also a puzzling selection because she might not even be able to participate, but um, Sims, you know, like I said, she's she's uh, averaging 15 and 5, 15 points, 5 assists. She's leading the Minnesota Lynx in points. Um, she ranks 8th in the league in assists. I just think she's having a better year than Lloyd, and I think uh, I think she got snubbed. Yeah, I had uh, I had a uh... Christy Tolliver in over Jewel with with my ballot I think I think what the thing with Tolliver is she's her the pressure on her to make plays for others has been even more severe with Deladon missing a little bit of time and with Misaman in, in and out and I think that kind of tipped that for me for Tolliver and then my last guard starting spot was came down to Chelsea Gray and Odyssey it you know, Chelsea's had like the awesome clutch moments, but you look at you know the body of work at large statistically, it it hasn't been great. And you can say like like yeah, their their team hasn't been at full strength, so that does have to get factored in a little bit. But Odyssey too, like Odyssey isn't exactly playing with a team full of shooters to kind of maximize her strengths, and yet she has produced. So that was a really tough one for me, and I. It may have been a little, little, uh, a bit of a weak decision, but I kind of just sided with Chelsea as just overall who I thought the better player was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting the swap outs there. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying with Tolliver. I, what, puzzle, what, what bothers me about that situation is when Deladon's out, uh, 
it just seems like it seems like uh, Washington can't get it together offensively. They can't pull out those wins, and I think if, if Tolliver, you know, made more of a, a more of a point to take over games in in Deladon's absence, uh, I would have I would have put her in there as a starter. Yeah, she. I don't. I don't think she's totally the player that's going to be able to go get up like twenty four good shots if like her team really needed that and I, I think that's like a fair critique although like if she just like didn't get ejected from that seattle game i think they would have won that one and and it, <laughs> that's which, a good point and it wasn't it wasn't really her fault i don't i mean she didn't deserve it so <laughs> Solid so, point. so then with uh with the forward crop the six players there you had liz cambage Brittany griner deladon in asia as mentioned natasha howard and john qual jones uh, this one, this one, I didn't think it was quite as uh, hotly contested. I think, I think it largely, I think it probably comes down to like pick a Mercury, and then mm. I had, I had yeah. Sylvia Fowles in for Liz, but I'm curious where, uh, where you saw that playing out. Yeah, I was, uh, I was hesitant on Liz, and then I, I looked up her stats, you know, and in the beginning of the season, her minutes were down. Obviously, cause she was getting back in the basketball shape, but her point totals have, she's always, she's averaging double digits and has been since the beginning of the year um so i'm i'm okay with that selection my my gripe was with griner uh i know she has come on strong these these past week this past couple weeks and she's i think second in scoring now in the league uh i just she's been off this season i'm not sure what it is it's it's effort related she should be a walking double double the, the Phoenix Mercury are averaging six offensive rebounds per game, which is laughable when you have her uh, down down on the block. And I just I'm, I just I would swap Bonner in for her. I think Bonner's having uh, an MVP caliber season. She's averaging more points, rebounds, steals, assists, and uh, you know she's leading the league in points, and she's seventh seventh overall in rebounds. So so yeah, Dewana Bonner got she should be starting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw Griner and and Bonner very close. It, you know, BG's had some games where she's been much better, and obviously Bonner's had some of her games. They both, you know, Griner had a couple games where it was just like, all right, you're not going to work that hard to post up. You're kind of shutting down, and you're going to end this game with five shots. I don't. That shouldn't happen. But and then Bonner's had some games where just the shots not falling, and it, you know, obviously the the final line isn't going to look great. I think. I still give if the the rebounding thing is really coming to a head, and I've I've just been generally disappointed with their defense because when I watch it, a lot of a lot of my amazement with it is they just don't seem to they don't communicate very well. They they botch switches and and just communication on two player actions all the time, and they're one of the most experienced teams in the league. And I like I think I think that might be where like they need Diana Taurasi to save them more than ever because for whatever reason they just don't seem to be communicating and and I, I do I do still credit Griner a little bit more for what she's doing defensively this season for Bonner and that was kind of one of my tiebreakers but that by no means have they has have either of them been uh, I think performing to the level people perceive them as this season and I think it's. It's obviously a concern now with Tarasi retweaking her back and kind of out indefinitely still. Yeah, yeah, and even even if she were to come back and you know finish out the rest of the season, I just, she just I don't think she'll have the kind of impact that will will get them can get them out of this whatever whatever rut it is that they're in. I agree with you. I mean, you do more 
play breakdown than than I do, and I love it when you you know break down schemes and all that all that stuff. And so you see more defensively from for me. It, it's a it's like a lack of effort. It's just it, it's lazy. Um, you know, rebounding is effort. You know, it's hustle. And so if you're lagging in that category, you're obviously you're not you're lacking in effort. So uh, that's that's my gripe with Mercury. Yeah, and I and I have to own that because like I've probably been. I've probably been among the highest on Griner. I did my top 20, top 25, whatever, and I had her third. And obviously she's been nowhere close to that. And and to a, to a degree, I've kind of tried to defend the rebounding stuff because, like, I think just generally, you know, you chase for a lot of blocks and stuff. Like, you're going to be out of the area. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, some of these games, it's to a point where it's indefensible and indefensible, and it's important to, uh, to not try to uh, act as if, you know, this isn't, hurting the team mm-hmm. so any any other any other big points for you with the starters uh you know the two aces players getting in um you know we talked a little bit about natasha howard john quill jones getting in there for the sun i love i love john quill john quill jones i love her game i love the season she's having um she's 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 one of my favorite players on this on this all-star roster um and you know i'm I'm pretty good. I'm, like you said, there wasn't a lot of of there wasn't overt criticism of of the, the players that were selected, and I think that's fair. I think it, I think it's overall it's it's a solid solid roster. Yeah, with I I would like to see Connecticut. Like I still think like as they won lost five games in the row, there like I'd like to see them give John Cole Jones the ball more. Like like make yeah, it even it's, a bigger... we, it's weird how they they well she got into a bit of a shooting slump. Um, for a, a couple games there, but yeah, it's weird how they started going away from her. Uh, and, and I'm not sure what's up with Courtney Williams. She was, she's she's shooting a lot, but she's not hitting as many as she as she was when they were uh, in that seven game win streak. Yeah. So uh, so shifting over to the reserves, I don't know. Is the is the easiest way to do this to start with maybe the like the top people we feel didn't make it? Do you think that's like a good good way to kick this off? I can throw yeah, mine out to start. Yeah, I had, um, I, I had, I differed with three uh, of the reserve picks. I had, I still had Tiffany Hayes, Jasmine Thomas, and Nafisa Collier in over Corny Vandersloot, Erica Wheeler, and Candice Dupree. I think I just, I, I still valued the two-way play of Hayes and Jasmine Thomas, even though they aren't having unbelievable offensive seasons and even a little underperforming a little bit by their standards I think even with those two if you still stack up what they're doing statistically with Wheeler they still hold up and Nafisa as just a really good steady two-way player on a winning team I think that kind of was was something that should have been rewarded considering those last couple spots and then again it came down to like I think Chicago was just really tricky for me trying to navigate those three guards and figure out, you know, how to really kind of rank them and and then slot everybody else in. Yeah. No, I agree with you on Jasmine Thomas. Um, I, w- I, would, I would have liked to see uh, more of, you know, like you said, Chicago has three guards in, and it makes you wonder, like, Connecticut is one of the, you know, what they did offensively from the start of the year that um, they wouldn't have three, you know, three players in the all-star game but 
for me it was I wanted to see uh, I wanted to see either Nafisa or Arike get a nod here I think um, both of them are, are they are pretty much have separated themselves from the pack as far as rookie of the year is concerned and I think um, it's just it's a it's it's a two-way fight with them right now to to see who gets it in the end but um Rike has really come on strong she's uh she's pretty much taken over offensively for Dallas and and she's she's shooting a high volume of shots somebody pointed out I forget who it was and I apologize but that her shooting percentage is not that great um but it's also because she's she's doing more she's shooting more um she I think sometimes she does too much but yeah I'm I'm high on her. I'm high on Nafisa, and I, I just wish we, we could have a we could have had a rookie selected in this. Yeah, well, I mean, and in this specific season too, there are a lot of players that aren't shooting the ball very well from the field, and mm-hmm. offense is down everywhere outside of outside of Washington, um, and it, it's I, I just don't think that really works, especially with these last couple spots. I don't think that's quite enough, and I I think. An interesting thing would have been just to like poll voters with the yes no of should uh, and specifically the word should every team when you have 22 spots get an all-star because I think like looking at this year as an example you know Hayes for Wheeler I think is like a very reasonable argument and then you're looking at Dallas as the only team without somebody in and I agree with you that Arike would probably obviously be there there uh best choice and if you're one person away it does kind of feel like you know some some people might say like it's a it's it's soft to say this and you got to earn it whatever but like it's a 12 team league come on like you want you want every team to have a stake in this you want to get the fan every fan base excited and i you know again it's like 12 teams for 22 spots i don't i don't know if it's that ridiculous of a proposition no it's not (laughs) i agree with you so yeah, we, we agree there on on Arike as kind of the best the best Dallas candidate. Uh, Nafisa, I mean, how about how about the Nafisa, the power and just the sheer size of the Nafisa Collier fan base already? I mean, obviously we expected it coming to some degree from 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 UConn, but I think the I think the combination of the two seed that they got in the tournament and then the Naismith outrage. They like they've really built something there. I think that it's gonna be something that's gonna be around to stay. Yeah, and she's she's had that drive though too. I know she she felt slighted and she felt like coming into the draft that um, she wasn't you know ranking as high maybe as a player to grab as as she felt she deserved, and and she's proving it. You know, Um, I think going into the season, if you look at a lot of people's uh, uh, preseason award predictions. Not many people had her as rookie of the year. I would like to point out that I did. Just, you know, want to put that out there. But, yeah, not many people were high on her. And I don't know. I just I felt like she, she landed in the best spot that she could possibly land, and she's taking full advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, like, waited. Uh, I kind of waited her, her strengths and the things that she was doing uh, incorrectly and kind of kind of overthought the positional stuff although you know to some degree I, I think it's just landing with Cheryl Reeve I think was really mm-hmm. was really a, a great match for her I think it would be a great what if is obviously you know with another coach you know would she would she be tapping into these same things right away and finding those strengths and that's 
that's something we'll never know but it, it's uh yeah tonight it's I, I think both of them have a good case there and it's at the same time, I don't know, you know, the like, you know, somebody like Candace Dupree, I think giving her a nod, I understand why the coaches did it. I think if you like look at the whole like, you know, the game planning perspective, like who are you worried about? You know, Dupree is just a constant threat. Like people are, you know, it, it's it is interesting. Like you can say like, oh, what, she's scoring 12 points a game. Is that a big deal? But then you like watch games play out and it's like people are terrified at the thought of her getting an 18 foot an open 18 foot jumper you know and it's like how many people can really say that about themselves yeah and and that plays to into you know what are we using to gauge what are we using to measure who we pick you know if you're going on straight stats she's having an average season uh if you go on you know uh who's who's standing out in certain teams, you know, I mean, she's, I, I believe she's leading Indiana in scoring. So if you look at it in, from an individual team perspective and what two teams have to game, game plan for and yeah, you know, then there's, there's that side of it. And then there's also, you know, the fan vote. And uh, I think she's, she's one of those players who, you know, has a good fan base. So uh, all of that, all of that plays, plays into it. All right. So let's, uh, we were going to wrap it up here with a... We're going to draft our own teams. Uh, and uh, Lindsay's going to be... Asia Wilson, I'll be drafting for Team Deladon. We're, we're totally ripping Aria and Rachel at WNBA Insider, who just did this the other day. So <laughs> Thanks, thanks guys. Hope you're listening. Um, and I guess, I guess, like, since... I don't know if they announced it yet, but I guess, like, since Vegas has is atop the standings right now. I guess we should give you you the first pick. Oh, yes. I like that idea. So uh, we're, we're going through the starters first. I, Correct. The pool, the, yeah, the pool of 10 starters. I am going to draft Jonquil Jones. All right. You've got Jonquil Jones. I'm going to go with... I'll go, I'll go Liz Cambage. See now I'm thinking if I was really Asia Wilson, she probably would pick this Cambage as her first pick. But yeah, you you just got uh you just got <laughs> you just got Liz Cambage looking elsewhere in restricted free agency this off season. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm gonna redeem myself and pick Kayla McBride next. I will go. I'm gonna go Kia Nurse. I think she's gonna she's gonna be uh, somebody looking to light it up, being her first game. All right. Uh, I'll go with Natasha Howard, barring any outside uh, outside uh, influences here. I will go. Uh, I'm going big. I'm gonna go with BG. Okay, so that leaves Gray and Lloyd. I'm gonna go with Chelsea Gray. All right, and I've got Jewel Lloyd. We can just uh, so starting fives. I've got. I've got a monster lineup. I've got Deladon, <laughs> Cambage, Brittany Griner, Juloid and Key Nurse, and you've got Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, Kayla McBride, Natasha Howard, and John Quill Jones. And uh, I guess we should just keep uh we'll just keep the same order and we'll give you uh the first pick with the reserves. Yeah, and you got a couple bigs there in your starter, so I am gonna go with Sylvia Fowles. As my next pick. All right, I'll go. Oh, I gotta go. I'm going. Uh, 
I'm going Tolliver. I just I'm a, I remember there was a moment in last year's game, and I think Tolliver's just like totally want to capitalize on this. Is like the second she comes in the game, she's just gonna when no I mean nobody's playing defense in this game. No, but no, she's not just at all. <laughs> she's just she's just gonna come right down at one, some point in the game and just make like four threes, pull up threes in a row because nobody's gonna guard her. So I'll take that. Okay, I'll go with Dewana Bonner. She's gonna want to show out. I'm going. I'm gonna go with another young player. It's probably gonna be motivated to put some highlights out there. I'll go Diamond to Shields. Nice. She was gonna be my next pick. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go with Neke Ogumake next. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with shooting since I obviously have plenty of centers. I'm gonna go with Quigley. Just to make it interesting, I'm gonna go with Vandersloot so they can you know be on opposite sides. <laughs> there you go. I will go. Uh, I'll go Odyssey Sims next. Charles. I'll go. Next up, I'll go with uh, not not the shooting type, but uh, I don't know. Maybe she just picks up stuff in transition. I'll take Elizabeth Thomas. And that leaves me Erica Wheeler. And I've got Candace Dupree. All right, so. I'm. Just, I mean, I'm. Ex- I'm interested to see after doing this how the TV one actually plays out. Like the, you know, like the NBA one. It was. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was pre-recorded, and you know, like like Giannis and LeBron ended up cracking a few jokes. I hope. I hope they kind of give like kind of leave way for some back and forth. Although, oh, yeah. for the entertainment value, because although I mean it might be tough because I mean obviously they're not. Well, I don't know when exactly they're going to record this, but, I mean, Deladon and Asia obviously aren't going to be in the same room, but. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the point of putting it on TV, right? And live, and, you know, you want those those organic moments to happen and just to make it fun and to let their personalities come out. And I think I think they're going to have a lot of fun with this. I'm, I'm excited to watch, like I said, before when we started it's about time they put it on TV. I think it's it's a brilliant move, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really I'm really high, high hyped about the All Star Game this year. I'm not sure why. I just have a different feel feel about it, and uh, I feel like there's more energy behind it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and so I'll uh, I'll run through the teams real quick, so people feel free to let us know which which one of these teams is gonna win by thirty. But Lindsay's got. Uh, at starting, Lindsay has Asia Wilson, Kayla McBride, Chelsea Gray, Natasha Howard, and John Quill Jones. Off the bench, she's got Dewana Bonner, Tina Charles, Sylvia Fowles, Neka Gumake, Courtney Vandersloot, and Erica Wheeler. And then I've got Elena Deladon, Kia Nurse, Jewel Lloyd, Liz Cambage, and Brittany Griner starting off the bench. Diamond of Shields, Candice Dupree, Ali Quigley, Odyssey Sims, Alyssa Thomas, and Christy Tolliver. And uh, I, I kind of wish those were the teams because then we can watch how this <laughs> plays out. <laughs> I want. I'm gonna make it my make it my uh, number one priority during the media availability to find the coaches and and uh, pressure them 
with all my might to put like their five biggest players on the court at once. Because last last year, I'm pretty sure it worked out perfectly, where like each team basically had like five like true you know power forward center types, and I was like. When I realized that and looked at the roster, I was like, "That'd be because re- like Liz Cambage was joking about playing point guard and shooting threes all weekend." I was like, "They just they just need to put them all on the court at once and like see what happens. It'd be fun." But yeah, yeah, have fun with it. My goodness, that's what it's all about. Yeah, because so. and last year, like one of the other fun elements was like Rebecca Brunson being out there, you know, just like randomly like trying to lock somebody up, which just was just like so out of place in an environment like that. So. I wonder. Uh, I wonder who the candidate is to give us some of those moments too. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's just. It's, I'm. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I think it's just going to be a, a great time. Yeah, Vegas. Vegas will uh, certainly put on a show, so we will look forward to the game itself and that that All Star Friday night as well. And and with uh, Lindsay's continued coverage, you can read her around the WNBA column she does with the Athletic. But Lindsay, let people know where to follow you and if there's anything uh, specific you have in the works too that you can can uh, let people to know be on the lookout for yeah definitely I um you can find me on twitter at uh, dark angel uh, that's d-a-r-c angel and uh, 21 dark angel 21 and I am actually I just wrapped up a cool article for the epic WMBF feature on just, it's kind of a throwback piece to how the league first got started and who the players involved were, you know, as far as marketing promotion, how they just sort of launched launched the league on the back of the Atlanta Olympic Games in 96 and everything that went into that. And I interviewed uh, Rebecca Lobo, Cheryl Swoops, Teresa Witherspoon, or Witherspoon and uh, Val Ackerman, who was the uh, first president in the league's history. And, and it was just, it's a really great, look back at, at how everything came to fruition and, and their views on where things are now. So um, I'm, I'm excited to get it out there. That'll be fun. And, and, and if people missed it already too and aren't su- subscribed to The Athletic, be sure to do that because Lindsay had a really fun piece on Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird too. Obviously, like one of... Like I, like I think the amazing thing, like every time I see like those two mentioned too is like, in a way like the league is has been so fortunate that they are at the top of their game for so long because it's mm-hmm. just at any sport that just is ne- in any sport that's just never guaranteed and obviously the state the WNBA is they really need that and it's just obviously for their voices but also like I think sometimes it's like important for us to remind ourselves like yeah like they're re- they're still really good too and they're you know obviously when they're healthy which we hope we can get both of them back out there soon yeah I mean they're they're a gift. They're they're a gift uh, as role models, as as athletes, as basketball players, as women, um, and to have them both in the league. And to, for them personally, to have just the friendship they've had for twenty plus years is is amazing. So, um, yeah, we're just we're blessed. We're blessed to have them in the WNBA. So alrighty, so that's a wrap. Be sure to uh, follow Lindsay and go subscribe to the Athletic if you're not already. Lindsay, thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Ben. It's always a pleasure.